Anybody excited to be in the house of God this morning? Would you look at somebody next to you? Well, let me tell you all this. We was on the way to church today, and my whole family was making um, fun of me in the car. And, and they were like, we don't want to say anything to our neighbors. And sometimes what you say don't make sense because you'd be like, turn to the neighbor behind you. And everybody's looking at the back of somebody's head. And so, and sometimes what you have us repeat, it takes too long. And, and we forget when we just start kind of moving our mouth because we don't remember what you said. I was like, so this is what we're going to do on the way to church this morning. Um, they had them a good time on that 15, 18 minute drive to tell me about myself this morning. I don't care. You're going to talk to your neighbor. Stand to your feet real quick. But I, I want to share something with you. I want to share something with you the Lord gave me. Um, you can study this later, but in Romans chapter 8, um, later I want you to study Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 31. Romans 8, um, verses 18 through 31. I want you to study that later. Get that in your spirit. Um, that's something, that's a prophetic word for you. That's a lot that I'm going to release to you today, short period of time because we really do have to get on the plane to get to Las Vegas, so it has to be short period of time. So I'm going to do my best to get it all in. But let me say this to you. There's a prophetic word for you locked in those scriptures. I don't want you to read through it now. I want you to study it when you get home. And as you study when you get home, something's going to come alive to you. Let me tell you, let me pinpoint what the Lord is saying to you through those scriptures. Whatever you have gone through up to this point, this is summary, does not compare at any way and at any level to the glory that's about to descend upon your life. Now wait. Wait a minute. Because if you don't understand that word glory, we throw a lot of church words around, words and scriptures around, and a lot of people, they don't know what they're saying. They just, everybody else screams, so we scream. But glory in scripture is really seen as the manifested presence of the Lord. There is no way to experience all that God has for us without a measure of suffering. Now, that don't make us scream because we don't, let's be real, a lot of times we don't want to suffer. I mean, raise your hand if you're excited about suffering. I mean, you're a better Christian than me if you are. I mean, I don't know about it. It doesn't feel good to go through the suffering process. This is what we have to remember. I am a Christian. I'm a Christian. You are a Christian, many of you in the room. And because you are a Christian, that means you're a Christ follower. And, and Christ made it clear that we all have a cross that we are to carry or to bear. Doesn't mean we get put up on the cross. What that language means is that there's a level of suffering that each and every one of us will experience. But some things that the scripture said to you in Romans 8 says a couple of things. It said it will not compare to the glory, but it also says what you're experiencing right now is temporary. Well, I love that because what that means is that it has an expiration date on it. What do we do with stuff when it's expired? Now, some of y'all ghetto and you give it about another week, but the rest of us, some of y'all in here, y'all like, that don't really mean nothing. They just say that because the FDA said it, and you keep on eating. But some of us who got natural sense, when something expires, what you do with it? 
saying whatever level of suffering you've experienced, it has an expiration date on it. And because it has an expiration date on it, it's no reason to keep it in your head. It's no reason to keep it in your mind. It's no reason to keep it in your body. You gotta, y'all ain't rocking with me. You gotta, you gotta throw it out. Why? You're making room because this suffering will not remain here because I'm making room for the glory. There, there is, it's almost, there is a level of glory that's about to, now let me tell you, because I don't want you to think I'm just talking. I don't know what I'm about to say, I'm not saying to you to make you feel bad for me, because I don't need that. Listen to me. In 10 days, in a matter of 10 days, my family was robbed twice. In 10 days, my family was robbed twice. Each of our vehicles were broken into in a matter of 10 days, and thousands of dollars of property were taken from me. This is what I have to understand. It's that I experienced that nonsense because the enemy is with his goal. His goal was to distract me. His goal was to stop me. His goal was to make me not like people. Y'all ain't said nothing. You get robbed twice and seen 10 days. You're like, I don't like you, I don't like you, I don't like you. Are you about to rob me? I mean, things are happening. But what I realized is that I experienced that level of suffering simply to make room and to process me and to ready me. What do you mean, Sherman? Because if you can remain faithful in the midst of suffering, y'all want this. See, let me tell you something. It's easy to remain faithful when everything is good. When everything is going well, it's easy to be like, oh, Lord, I love you. Look at these stacks of dollars. I mean, I praise you. You are wonderful. It's a different kind of game when you're depleted. Y'all ain't said that there. What is my prophetic word to you? You don't have to wait for the glory. The glory is here. And let me tell you, you have made space. What we're about to do for the next few moments, that's called tongues. Acts chapter 2, Joel chapter 2 makes it clear to you the Spirit of God is released, okay? Let me drop this on you. You've got to jump into the space of saying, Lord, I thank you, watch this, for my suffering. Somebody like, why would I thank God for the bad stuff that happened? Because my thanksgiving for the suffering is also my thanksgiving for the glory. There is something that's coming on the way that does not compare. And this is what I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. I forgot. This is what the Bible says about the glory. The Bible says the glory, it has lasting power. The suffering is temporary. The glory we get to keep. The suffering, it has to go, but the glory we get to carry with us. I want to prophesy to about 300 people on this Sunday morning that there is such glory that's about to descend upon your life that is bigger and greater than what you've ever seen before. I want you to take the next 180 seconds and give God glory for the suffering.
coming. The glory is coming. It's resting upon your life. It's resting upon your family. It's resting upon your home. There's a weight of the presence of God. There's a weight of the power of God. There's a weight of the strategy of God that's descending upon your life. I prophesy it. I prophesy it over your cars. I prophesy it over your homes. I prophesy it over your jobs. I prophesy it over your careers. More glory upon your life. seats I gotta preach be seated glory come on just lift your hands real quick Lift your hands real quick and just lift your worship. Just come on. Take, come on. Take the next minute. Take the next minute. Come on. Come on. I got a word from the Lord. I got to preach, but take the next minute. Woo. Come on. Lift your worship. Come on. Over your mouth. Go. From the front to the back. From the side to the side. Lift your sound to him. There you are. Oh, glory.
Father, we thank you for your presence here. Thank you for the power of your presence. Thank you for the power of your decree and your declaration. I pray over these next few moments as we share out of the book that lives will be transformed. Destinies will be shifted. By Thank you that you're healing bodies right now. One of our team members gave me a word of knowledge saying that the Lord was healing carpal tunnel. If you have that, the Lord's healing you today. And I just decree over you in the name of Jesus that the healing grace and power of Jesus is touching your body. Not just carpal tunnel being healed, but any type of disease, any type of thing that you've been struggling with, we release the miracle working power of Jesus Christ in this room. And I thank you, Lord, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is now alive and working in the life of the believer. Let it be loosed in the room. Thank you for breaking the power of addiction. Thank you for breaking the power, oh God, of not just alcoholic addictions and not just drug addictions, Thank you, Lord, that you're breaking, oh God, the power of sex addictions. You are, you are sending your glory, Father, and you're transforming lives. Now, I declare it now in the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Be seated. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2. Let's go there quickly. Give me 30. Let's go there quickly. Let's jump into what the Lord is saying. Isaiah 54 and 2. The scripture says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and the left. Yes, Lord. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And I will make the desolate cities inhabited. I want to preach for the next few moments a message entitled Double It. Double It. We are starting, thank you gentlemen, we are starting a brand new series today. Only a two-week series, but it's going to be good these two weeks. As we begin this series simply entitled Double. Um, the Lord began to give us vision last week. How many were here for Vision of Love? What a tremendous day. So much fun. I mean, who does a vision experience and then afterwards the glory just wrecks everybody. Um, and it was so amazing what the Lord was, has been doing inside of this house. Um, and I love about our house, what God has been saying over us, is that every Sunday is Miracle Sunday. Isn't that amazing? That means that every time you gather together in his presence and put your faith in him, he can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. Anybody believes that? Yes? Good. And so we're starting this series, and the Lord began to give Dr. Chiquette and I a word for our church for this year, um, that our vision for our church is to double. And, uh, and I heard the Lord very clearly tell me to preach you into it, not just for the local church, but to preach you into it for your personal life. Um, as we look in our text and we really understand the history of our text, um, this prophetic word, even though it's going to hit us today, it was not originally sent to us. Um, it was sent to the Israelites, and at this point in time in their journey, the Israelites were in exile. Um, they had been out. They were kicked out. They were wandering. And the survivors of the population of Judah are now in a place of Babylonian captivity. Um, their homes and their cities were destroyed. Their temple was burnt to the ground. Their royal family was deposed. And for all intents 
and purposes, Israel seemed like they were finished. The reason why this is important for you to understand as we relate to this text today is because many of us have been on a journey in our lives where either we're there now or we've been there before, where we felt like it felt like it was over. If it's going to felt like, it felt like it was over. Um, it felt like we were at the end of a thing. It felt like it could not get any worse than this. Anybody ever been there before where you're like, okay, if one more thing happened, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm telling you, you can tell me, like, last week I told you, I told you about the accidents, but then I didn't tell you about you know, my son. He had a scheduled surgery, but then, then after that, I was in the IER for five hours with my child, and, and I mean, coming out on both ends, all kind of stuff going on. Have mercy. Somebody say, have mercy. It was just so much going on, not sleeping through the night. All week has been the hell of a week. I said that. I and a lot of times when you're in the midst of something, you can feel like, somebody say feel like, you can feel like it's, it's the end or you can feel like, man, this is horrible or, or I'm going to always be stuck here. And that's why we cannot be married to our feelings. Did you hear what I said? Because feelings are temporary and they are fickle. Write that down. Your feelings will jack you up. Your feelings will have you messing up relationships God has ordained. Your feelings. Feelings, especially if you're easily, uh, uh, let me just drop this real quick. If you're easily offended, you're here, I see you. Well, nobody even really do nothing to you, but, but you just so eat, your, your feelings are worn on your shoulders. Stuff that just makes sense annoys you or you feel like somebody's coming after you. I need you police. You're going to talk to your neighbor. I don't care what my family say. Look at your neighbor real quick and, and tell them there is no conspiracy theory. There's no conspiracy, there, there, no, no, there no conspiracy against you. There's not a bunch of people talking about you in the back of the room. You ain't Trump. I mean, what is going on? But these people were really in a very tough, tough place. They're in a difficult place as God began to send these words. But when they seemed like they were at their lowest, uh, Isaiah comes in and begins to compare them to a widow. And not only to a widow, he also compares them to a barren woman. Someone who could not give birth. And if you understand, especially in those days, barrenness was seen as a curse. It was seen as if God was punishing you. And so this is how they felt. They felt like they were barren, and they felt like they had lost their spouse. They were a widow. They were considered widows, and they were considered barren as it relates to the context of where they were at that time. They were so desolate and even defenseless and without help. But God sent a prophet in that day to decree a new word in the midst of a season that seemed like it was the end. One word from God can shift everything for you. Yeah, yeah. That's why you got to tell that idiot, the devil, shut up. You know, see, so y'all don't, y'all play with the devil. You know, like, I mean, leave me alone, devil. I don't play with the devil. I do not play with him. I do not. And I don't play with him in you. If, if I see him sticking his head up in you, I'm going to talk to you like you him. I, I, I'm a, hello? It's biblical. Jesus' disciples, they came up talking crazy, and Jesus turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan. But he was talking to them. He was talking to the devil that was in him, but he was addressing it to them. Hello. 
You come acting demonic around me, I'm address what's in you. Somebody say amen. amen. But a word from God can translate you from one location to the next. Oh, yes, God. The, the power of God the, in the word of God has the ability literally to pick you up from where you are and by the word deliver you to the place that you're supposed to be. <laughs> ah, his word is amazing. And his word is every single thing that we need. That's why even when you are studying his written word, that's why the enemy comes for you with the spirit of sleep. Y'all ain't saying nothing. How many of you know that every time you study your Bible, you be like... I mean, you wake up with slobber on your phone and slobber on your Bible. Why? Because the enemy knows if you ever get filled with the Word of God, the Word of God is a sword. I can't hear you, church. I said the Word of God is a sword, and not only is it a sword, the Bible says it's a two-edged sword. It works on several, a couple levels there. And not only that, the Bible says that the Word has cleansing power. It has the ability to cleanse your life and to cleanse your mind and to take you where you need to be. Just lay your hands on your head and say, cleanse me, Lord! The word of God will do it for you. So God sent his prophet Isaiah as he's saving his prophet Sherman to you today. To give you a new word. Whatever season you are in is not the end. Ooh. A matter of fact, a bunch of you, you're only beginning. I know it feels like the end, but the end is only here to create a genesis. <laughs> I just want this for the Lord's sake to tell you in the beginning. I know, I know for some of you that don't mean nothing, but for some of you that means everything. You are in the beginning. You are in the beginning, and you're not going to die where you are, and your family is not going to fall apart to pieces, and you're not going to lose your mind, and your body will not remain sick, and you will not go under. But I feel the resurrection power of Jesus Christ coming upon his children and driving you up to where you're supposed to be. I want to read this announcement in the message version. Charmaine, help me with this. And I love the way it reads. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Look at this, y'all. Think big. <laughs> Lord, there's so much in this, and I ask the Lord, please help me, Lord. You know I got a plane to catch. Think big. Somebody say, think big. Think big. Think big. Think big. Oh, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. Let's keep on. Let's keep on. Listen, use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room. Uh, just go like this, will you please? Hunch your neighbor a little bit and say, give me some room. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Now, why was that important? Remember, remember, excuse me. Remember this. The, the story started off at the top of the chapter referring to them as a widow and barren. But now the scriptures are talking about a large family. What is that, Apostle Sherman? It is divine reversal. Thank you, sir. Ten of us got that. Divine reversal. That means that whatever life has said, whatever the doctor has said, whatever circumstances have said, the God of heaven has the ability to absolutely reverse it. 
So uh, somebody said reverse, 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 reverse. <laughs> God has the power to without a doubt reverse whatever's been spoken over you. So they said that they were barren, but then look at God talking to his prophet. He said, get lots of elbow room because you're about to have a growing family. Whatever's been whatever's been trying to take you down, get ready because you're about to go up now. So you're going, you're going to take whole nation, over whole nations. And uh, you're going to resettle abandoned cities. Um, okay, so, so let's kind of jump into this. Listen, so God's given us a vision, both personally and uh, for individuals, but then he's also given us vision corporately as a church. How in the world are we going to see that vision manifested? Have you ever been at a place where you were like, God, I hear your vision, but I don't know how it's going to happen. Like, how, how, how are we going to manifest this? And so, this is what you got to do. You have to develop an uncommon faith. Write that down. You have to develop an uncommon faith to believe and receive all that God has planned for you. That word uncommon, that word uncommon is defined as out of the ordinary and unusual. That means that your faith may little look, look a little different than the people that you're used to being around. Uh, um, they, they, they may have enough faith uh, for one thing, but your faith might be more expanded. And so they're believing God uh, for, uh, for a room to rent, and you're believing God for a house and then another property to be able to bless somebody else with. Somebody say, expand it, expand it, expand it. Yeah, you got to expand your faith to the level where you move to the place of what's considered unusual. And people don't think you're crazy, you ain't walking on unusual faith yet. And ain't nobody called you crazy recently when you declared where your faith was, your faith too low. And you say, Sherman, that sounds like presumption. No, no, it doesn't at all. Every character you read in the Bible, God gave them something that was bigger than them. Noah was called to build something, build a boat for something nobody had ever seen before. Rain. Rain had never been seen before, even when Moses was called to build the particular boat. So his faith was so massive and unusual that everybody literally mocked him and his family because what he was building made no sense. Your, your faith, hold it together, your faith has to be at a place where it's unusual. It has to be out of the ordinary for you to accomplish the amazing things that God has set for you. So what's our prophetic instructions? Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes... The Bible says, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. This, what this means is that you will have to make room in order to enlarge. Uh, you, you gotta, you, that means the lot you are on is not big enough. That means you got to knock down some more trees. You've got to clear the way. I remember in the New Testament, the Bible said, make way for the kingdom of God is at hand. So that, that, means, that means some stuff has to get out of the way. You've got to make space. And in order for you to get where God has called you to get, some stuff got to go. Y'all quiet in here. I've got to clear the way to make room for what God, uh, in order to experience addition sometimes, uh, you've got to experience subtraction. You've got to say, you've got to remove some stuff away uh, in order to be able to get where God wants you to get. But listen to this please perhaps the vision you have is stalled because you have not yet prepared for its coming yeah. Maybe that's why 
That's why, maybe that's why your personal vision has not manifested yet because you have not made room. There's not enough space. Mahaya. There's not enough space. There's not enough space. Let me make it practical. Let me make it practical. If you know that God's called you to be able to start something and you're going to start your business out of your home, that means that you need to start by faith clearing out the space. I know y'all are like, Sherman, really? I'm giving you an act of faith to how to work it. You know God's giving you that business to start at home. You start creating a new space. It used to be a closet. Y'all ain't said nothing, but now it's a workroom. I don't care. It may be, you may be tied up in that, but you're like, you know what? I done cleared out what's in here to make space for it. I'm going to be able to make more room for what it is that I'm called to do and I'm going to manifest it in a different way. I might have to make room on my schedule. Are you here today? Stuff that used to be on my schedule can't be on my schedule anymore. I don't have time for girls night out because all of my girls are broke. And you ought to get tired of investing in your friends staying broke. They don't need to go to the movies. They can't pay their cell phone bill. It's not a such thing of treats when you're in debt. I need to treat myself. No, you need to pay that man. Somebody say, he's back. You got to understand, you've got to enlarge the place of your tent. You got to make room for the expanded thing that God is bringing. It's so massive. If I could give you, if you could really, uh, if you could have been in my time with God as he was talking to me about you and all of the amazing things he wants to do through you, you will be tearing this place apart because you would realize that you have only seen a glimpse of God's heart for you. Only a small piece. And even the small piece that you have seen is going to require the unusual faith that's about to shift you to the next level. I'm going to tell you something. You got to learn how to tell that devil to shut his mouth and you got to learn, learn to tell every voice that tries to speak against what God is doing in your life to be quiet. Let's practice real quick, please. At the count of three, I want everybody in the room to yell, shut up. One, two, three. You've got to learn the power of telling that devil and every voice connected to him. If you look like him, shut up. If you walk like him, shut up. If you're going to behave like him, shut up. Make room. Here's the second thing that you've got to do. It's prophetic instructions to us today. is stretch your curtains wide. How many of you have ever moved before and when you were moving, um, you got to a door that was not big enough for your item to get in? That's one of the most frustrating things, you know? It's usually not me moving, but as I'm watching the gentlemen that are helping me, what is that? As I'm watching the gentlemen that are carrying the items, they... they <laughs> Don't get mad at me because I'm blessed. If you were to serve the way I serve, then God will bless you with people that serve you. Ah, boo. So it's important for you to understand. And I'm watching these gentlemen try to get that in. I'm like, man, we should take the, the legs off. You know? They're like, apostle, please get away. And so, uh, uh, and so, and so but have you, it's, it's one of the most frustrating things when something you've been blessed with is huge. But you can't get it into your world because the door is too small. Why is he telling you to, to stretch your curtains wide? He's saying because you've got to make an entry point that's big enough for what I'm about to send to you. Ooh <laughs> 
You gotta make a space that's so large. You see, because when you begin to mahasiyadaha, you gotta begin to think double. What do you mean, Apostle? You gotta think double. That means that you can't think at the level you were thinking before. The door might have worked in the past season for you, but for the blessing that God is about to take you into, you need a bigger opening. Hello, because what you're about to see is twice as big as what you saw before, and so you gotta stretch open the curtains. Hit your neighbor that's sick of me yelling and say, stretch them wide. Well, what God is about to send to your life, watch you do that, Greg. What God is about to send to your life is so massive and amazing that I'm telling you, people are going to look at you and say, how did you get that? How did you get there? How did you get into that place? And you're going to say it had nothing to do with me, but it had everything to do with a God that's bigger than this earth. He is the God of heaven and earth. And what he said for me, it is for me. Somebody say, stretch it wide. When the curtains are wide, the winds of God can blow. Have you ever been in a place where the opening has been so small that the air could not get in? Hello? Where it didn't have windows, didn't have space for the air to flow. And when air doesn't flow, um, you can get to a place where things can become stinky. Hello? Stagnant. Oh, 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 smelly. Um, you gotta get some air in. I raise, I ra I have, I raise. I'm raising three boys. One is, one is almost two. He'll be two next month. One is eight, and uh, and one is twelve, going on um, eighty-five. And <laughs> mercy, help me. And so, it, it, um, sometimes I can walk in in John Paul in Mackay's room, and if it's. <laughs> And if there hasn't been er, er, um, um, circulation, air circulation, uh, that is er, er, you heard me, <laughs> air circulation. That's where I was going, but I tried to pull out of it. Uh, um, air circulation, uh, that was happening. I'm from the country. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, so we, that's how we talk. So anyway, so uh, I come in there, and it's like, my God, what is that smell? It stinks up to high heaven. And if you, if you raise the kind of boys I raise, they, they do, some boys just really do not care. They're like, I don't smell nothing. <laughs> Especially my oldest son, his voice is deep now. He's like, I don't smell nothing. Boy, I knocked the deepness out your throat. So he's like, he's like I don't smell nothing. So it's, you come in there, and it's smelly, right? Sometimes when you're used to something, you no longer smell it. And some of us have missed out on the need for fresh wind because you've gotten used to the stench. It's become such a part of your life now where everybody else, and that's why some of y'all don't have real friends because a real friend will tell you when your breath stinks. My, 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 Pastor Greg, he's not just a pastor here. He's not just somebody. Sorry, he's a friend. And so Pastor Greg, he'll catch me before my breath stank. He just walk up and be like, "Here, Apostle." I'd be like, "My breath stank." He'd be like, "No, I just want to help you before it does." Just, just, just. I'm like, "Now that's a friend." What is my point? You have to have the curtain stretched wide. 
So the wind of God can blow through your situation and remove the stench of the old season and the smell of the old season. There's, there's a smell for new stuff. Y'all don't want to work with me today. <laughs> you can smell some old. If I was to tell some of you to take your shoes off right now, we would smell an old smell. Yeah, if I was to tell you to take your shoe off, I'd be like, hmm, interesting. Right? Y'all here today? But it's nothing like when you buy a new pair of shoes. I like shoes a lot. And, and you buy a new pair of shoes and you smell it and it just smells just amazing. Or you get a new car. And you just sit in that thing, you be like. I want to prophesy to you. I got to go. I got three more points and I, got, I don't got enough minutes to give it to you. But let me, let me tell you this, what the Lord wants to tell you. He's sending his fresh wind as you stretch the curtains wide. And here's the thing, as you stretch the curtain wide, he's breaking the fear off of you that's worried about what else is going to get in. Some of us don't want to make more of an opening because you're afraid that something else is going to creep in. You're afraid of vermin and you're, 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 you're afraid of snakes coming in. But the last time I read, God gave you the ability to trample on every serpent. So even if it gets his head in, I wish somebody just stomp your... Be seated. Here's the third thing the Lord told me to tell you. Do not hold back. The scripture said, do not spare. Another version says, spare no expense. It, it, what it's trying to communicate is, put your all into it. You can do it. Put your back into it. You can do it. Okay. So, so, so it's important. Y'all stop being religious. Come on, smile. So, whatever it is that God has called you to do, you've got to realize you have everything in you, hallelujah, that pertains to life and godliness. And so if he calls you to it, go over there, God. He's giving you the power to complete whatever he calls you to. Oh, my God. So what the Lord is saying, just get all in. Get all in. Get all in. Go all in. Go all in. Go all in. Don't hold nothing back. Give it your all. Hesitation comes because you believe sometimes that he's going to drop you. The hesitation that you're feeling concerning going to the next level and stepping into the place, you're holding back and you don't invest your all because you are holding on to moments of your past where you invested your all into certain relationships, into certain jobs, and it did not work out. I'm going to preach anyway. But the Bible, Bible, Bible says very clearly that God is able to do, y'all know that scripture, exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever you could ask or think according to the power that working good God Almighty on the inside of you. I need you to find you a good neighbor and say it's working, it's working, it's working. Don't hold back. Spend no expense. Go for it, dog on it. Give your all. Invest your all. And if you will press into it, God will give you what you are called to have. It's your neighbor say, put your back into it. Here's number four. Here's number four. Here's number four. I got to go. Here's number four. You've got to lengthen your cords. 
Our example today is all about a tent. Somebody say tent. Uh, what's important about this tent analogy is that the space inside the tent is created by cords and stakes that are being pulled in opposite directions. In other words, the way that you create space is by allowing tension to be in your life. Uh, without increased tension, there is no way that you're going to stretch the tent. Oh, this is good. You are preaching sermon. Thank you for preaching this to me. This is what you've got to understand is that stop running from the tension. Stop running from the tension. Some of us are afraid of hard conversations. We're afraid of having uh, difficult conversations. We run from confrontation. Confrontation is not bad. Let me help you understand. What you all have seen as confrontation is yelling and screaming, and that's not confrontation. Confrontation is when two things face each other. I have an opinion. I have an opinion. And those opinions face each other. We bring them to the light, and we put them where they're facing each other, and then we process it. That's confrontation. Confrontation does not have to include F you, you mother sucker. That, that, that's not, that doesn't have to be. That's called you got rage. That don't mean that. That's not confrontation. You got to welcome the tension in your life. No tension, no space. No tension, no space. If there is no tension, there is no way that you're going to be able to create space for more. You can't be walking around prophesying double and then cursing tension. So what I was experiencing for the past 10 or 12 days was God was allowing tension in my life. How can you respond to this? Because if you can handle this, then I can put you on a platform around the world and you'll be able to handle all of the assaults and the crazy things that people are going to say about you on blogs. You can't be somewhere depressed because your car got broken into twice because there's coming a season that's going to be where I'm going to give you such influence that people are going to say the most horrible things to you on the internet and they're going to say the most worst things that you have ever heard about your character. But can you stand in those minutes when you feel like you're violated? So what I'm doing is allowing, God said, I allowed the tension to come because I wanted to create more space in you to be able to handle more of me for the place that I'm taking you to. Look at your neighbor that looks like they're ready to go home and say, allow the tension. He's stretching you. So you can, you can handle what he's sending to you. He's stretching you. Oh God, I only have just a minute more. Come, David. Come, young man. Come, Eric. Swiftly, come on the stage. Very quickly. We'll choose, we'll choose him. Put him in the middle. He's skinny. <laughs> Would you stretch out your arms? He'd be online posting that he, you know, I'm in the, I'm like, we are waiting to see. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> He's my son. I could do that. I want you all to pull his arms. No, no, put your hands down. Yeah, I just want you to stretch him. Pull him. Pull him. Pull him. Like, really pull him. This is a lot of our lives right now. And we're feeling the tension. And when, when you're being stretched, it does not feel good. No, nobody is sitting somewhere like, stretch me, God. Oh, how I love it when you do it. 
It's supposed to be uncomfortable. Listen to this. You cannot be formed. Stretch him. You cannot be formed into what God has called you to be without experiencing stress. Excuse me, not stress, but the stretching and the tension. You cannot experience and be formed into it. It's uncomfortable to be formed by God. But you've got to let him do the forming. He is the potter. You are the clay. Clay don't tell the potter how to make them. Please write this down. Clay doesn't have preferences. Clay doesn't say, I prefer to be made like this. Clay don't have a mouth. Clay doesn't have a mind. The only thing that clay does is whatever the potter does with it. So you've got to understand that God is stretching you because he's trying to form you. And every time you buck up against his stretching, you're bucking up against his forming, which means you're bucking up against God's perfect idea for your life. I got to go. Sit down. Allow him. Here's my last one. Here's number five. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. What does that mean? Go deeper. Go deeper. Go deeper. Go deeper. Go deeper. Let's deal with it. Shallow is easy. Shallow thinking is easy. Shallow living is easy. Shallow operating is easy. It's easy to be shallow. There's no risk in the shallow water. Ooh, I'm going to die. No, you're not. There's nothing there. But the deeper you go, the risk level rises. <laughs> the deeper you go, the risk level begins to rise, and now there is more, there is more that's at stake. As you go deeper than it was when you were in the shallow waters. Let me tell you what the, the most of the human race does. Stay in the shallow place. Most human beings never go deep. No, most, 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 most human beings never press beyond their limits. Got me a trainer, and uh, my wife and I trained because this is what I realized, is that I had to get the trainer because I was finding that when I got to my limits, I let myself stop. Because I patted myself on my back, like, you're doing good, Dumas. You've been in here five weeks, man. Waist getting slim, chest coming out, arms looking strong. Go ahead, man of God. You cast yourself into complacency. You gas yourself into being normal. Because at least you're better than you was last year. Remember last year, Shirley? I mean, you was just, I mean, the belly was just expanded in God. But the trainer will begin to push you into a place that creates something different in you than what you could have done at your own. They see your limit and laugh at it. 
And if you have a right one, I'm, I'm pretty sure this lady this week messed her account because she was like, four more. I was like, you said four more, two more ago. So I, I don't know. But, but at, some, some, at some level, you've got to eventually, you've got to be taken beyond what you're used to and you've got to go deeper. Deeper than you've ever gone before. What does that look like practically? It looks like this. If you, if you have been praying um, and you just get up and you give God a grocery list of what you want him to do, switch up your prayer life. Begin to inquire of God, what do you want of me? Forget your Christmas list. Forget your, your thing of what you want God to do. When you begin to set your stuff up, you get to God and you say, God, what's on your schedule? Where can I go? Where you want me to be? How you want me to be dressed when I get there? How, how, what you want me to say when I arrive? And as you begin to do that, God will begin to wake something up in you than what you've ever. Take the risk and go deeper. Just don't just uh, uh, switch me up. Don't just go deeper in, in your in your in your in your conversations with God. Go deeper in your conversations with your friends. Last piece. Your relationships are paramount to your next level. Do not be okay with shallow relationships. That's not your friend because you lie to them. How you doing? I'm good. Shallow. Shallow. You want more out of life is going to come through relationships. And those relationships will not deliver to you what they're supposed to deliver as long as you're shallow. When God is giving you relationships, could you imagine, could you imagine God the Father giving Jesus to the disciples and then they get into a space where they have the opportunity to get what they're supposed to get out of him and then they're not paying attention. It happened. Jesus was in the garden praying. He's seeking God. They have the opportunity to watch the Savior of the world have a conversation with the God of heaven. What an intensive. What an opportunity to watch the Son of God communicate with Father God. Where were they found? Many of you have gotten the opportunity of a lifetime in your life on many different levels. And you're sitting there sleeping. You're sitting there sleeping. You got to go deeper in your relationships. And when you go deeper in your relationships, you'll understand that it's going to demand for you to value your relationships at another level. Some of them are not, and this is what you'll learn. I got to drop this and I got to go. Some of them are not valuable. As you begin to investigate, you'll find out it's not valuable. Now, if you got time to go sit down with somebody who you're just going to talk your head off to, or you have the opportunity to be around people that are going to invest in you, here's my kingdom advice to you today. Choose the investment places. You don't need, in this season of your life, just people to lit your, just, you'll need 10 people to just lit your heart out to. Find just somebody, I get it. But you need to be postured somewhere where you can get the poor. That's a part of going deeper. Look at your neighbor say, you got to go deeper. Listen, my time is up. Stand to your feet. There is a shift that's beginning to happen. And I got you. Uh, uh, um, 
Charmaine, give me verse 4 in the New King James Version. That's what the Lord says. If you follow these prophetic instructions, this is what he said to you, and this is where we're going to close. Y'all get ready because we're going to praise on this. It, said, it says, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Ooh-wee. Have you ever been afraid to move because you feel like he was going to embarrass you? A hundred of y'all lying. <laughs> Have you ever been in a place where you were like, God, I want to go because if I go, I feel like I'm a, uh, I don't want everybody laughing at me. I don't want to, I don't want to fail. I don't want to, I don't want to. This is what he says to you. This is how he's closing this prophetic word to you. Do not fear for you will not. That's a guarantee. You will not be ashamed. One of my spiritual daughters gave me that word when we were getting ready to buy this building, and buy a building, and we lost the first building. So I was like, this heaven's a lying prophet. She did not hear from the Lord. She ain't no prophet, but she ain't hear from the Lord. That's, that's what I said. And then the Lord said, no, she didn't lie. You just fixed your faith in the wrong direction. When he opened up this building to us, after we had lost the contract on the previous building because we didn't raise the money. And the Lord just made that thing happen so smoothly where I was almost convinced that somebody was going to come run around the corner. You know how you scared of something out there like this? We got the too good to be true feeling. And we think that God doesn't want you to experience too good to be true. But I want to prophesy to you that your whole life in 2020 is about to be filled with a whole bunch of too good to be true experiences. Where it seems like it doesn't make sense at all that it would happen to you. And at the end of the day, we stand in what the Lord said he would do. And he said, I will not put you in shame. Neither will you be disgraced. You will not be put to shame. Look at this, please. For you will forget the shame of your youth. I need y'all to look at this, please. Next verse. And, and, you, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. What is he saying? I'm about to bless you so big. It's going to look so different in your life that you're not going to even remember when it was bad. You're going to have to go search for pictures to remember the details. Because I'm about to bless you so good in this next season of your life. If you follow my prophetic instructions, what's about to happen to you is about to be so big that it's about to blow your mind and you will no longer remember the times when it was bad. I need about 150 people to open your mouth real quick and thank God that he's about to double it. I said he's about to double it. He's about to double it. Get ready for expansion. Get ready for expansion. Stretch out on the left. Stretch out on the right. 